0: Yes, yes, yes. That is going to be our new intro for Mirror Work Conversations with Lady O. This is a special edition. This is now episode 11, the Double Ones. The episode tonight is going to be specifically about why I'm running as a trustee for the Toronto District School Board, Ward, um, Ward 17 for Scarborough Center. And I wanted to put it all together on one episode and put it on the podcast page to remember this moment in time. Uh, by the time uh, this is being recorded, the election has ended. I did little segments of this. Um, posted on my campaign page, posted on my different social medias. But I'm going to put all of those clips together in one recording. And it's going to be this recording, episode 11. So by the time you hear this, the election has already taken place. um, And we will see who was elected to be the trustee of our children's academic environment and performance. So I have pre-recorded this and it is going to be uploaded the day after the election. So the election is October 24th. It's going to be uploaded on the 25th and We'll see if Scarborough Guildwood, sorry, Scarborough Center did make the right choice. Scarborough Guildwood and Scarborough Asian Court, Scarborough Southwest, Scarborough North and Scarborough Rouge were all um, have very strong contenders. All of Scarborough um, has been on my heart, been on my mind. I represent all. Once upon a time, it was the Scarborough Board of Education. And I remembered when the Scarborough Board of Education was a board to be reckoned with. We were the best. And then we amalgamated and we helped save all the other boards. And now we are sinking as a total board representing Toronto. So was amalgamation a good thing? Was amalgamation not in the best interest of all? We're seeing the results of that. As I said, I remembered when the Scarborough district school board was one to be reckoned with um, the budgeting the handling of the monies very well done where we actually as i said when the amalgamation happened we build out a lot of other boards and now we're seeing the damage of this um, legacy of mel lastman that amalgamated and we know everybody had to play a role everybody had to play a role and everybody had to be the one to lay the foundations for what we have right now and i think it's in the best interest of all that we look into and revisit these decisions and not because a decision was made mean it has to stick if it's not working out it's not working out and we should not be um, afraid to admit or too prideful to admit that that was not a good idea let's go back to the drawing board let's go back to what was working and what was working was that Scarborough was Scarborough and the children that reside in Scarborough the education um was significantly better the amalgamation of all into Toronto uh the children are suffering The children are suffering. So as I said, by the time this is posted, the voting has ended and we'll see what Scarborough Center decided on who would be their trustee for the best interests of their children. This is Meriwork Conversation with Lady O, starting right now. of four whose children two are still in the TDSB and two have gone on into post-secondary and I've always fought for their environment and for others. My history as a youth outreach worker for the City of Toronto, an advocate for students within the TDSB, being awarded Canada 150 medal for my work for service in Scarborough areas, also being invited to be part of the hiring committee for the Toronto District School Board principals and vice principals. My activism and my advocacy has been over 30 years. The opportunity to put my name on the ballot as a result of the current trustee moving on into the provincial realm as the MPP has left now a space to fill an opportunity to get a trustee in there for the next four years who is going to continue to advocate for your children as passionately and as effectively as I have for mine. Every every fight that I have fought for my children has always been successful. And that is why many in the Toronto District School Board spaces and places know of my name and know of my results in making change For my children's environment and for the children that are in the schools of my children. Everyone knows from superintendents to trustee, even to the director of the TDSB, they know of me and they know that when I step into a fight, it's never a fight that I lose. Why? Because every fight, someone has had a chance and a choice to do a course correction And they've chosen to stay in a place in a space of arrogance to be wrong in how they are approaching the education and the environment of our children. So I fight from a place of knowing what is right. I also fight from a place knowing what my rights are as a parent and know exactly where the line draws with educators. I am here to empower and educate more guardians and parents in what I know and how I have been successful. The success of my two children going to post-secondary school is not based only on public school. I had to get involved and I had to ensure. And I've tried all different schools, including the Afrocentric school when it first opened. I I got a direct invitation from the superintendent at that time and the trustee at that time. Because I homeschooled my children. I took them out. I said, "Uh uh-uh, public school is not working for my children. So I was asked to please come back and give us a shot. We have the Afrocentric school that's opened. I'm like, okay. And I stepped foot in it. And I stepped foot out. Again, many are blaming color and race for their children's academic failures. And when they were placed in an environment where they can't blame that anymore, they can't shame that anymore, where they have to take 100% accountability, you saw exactly what happened. And I said, wow. Accountability is foreign from many community, including mine. So it's easy to point a finger And pull the racist card. When you're in an environment where you can't pull that card and you have to look yourself in the mirror, we have implosion. And it was messy. So I said thank you, but no thank you, and I pulled my children out. Because for once, the community saw that their problem was them. And they need to face that and it's easier to blame the past and blame racism for everything and not want to take a 100% accountability for the current status of your environment and the children's environment. We have enough gatekeepers that are rinsing and repeat the blame and shame and they are rewarded with grants. They get grant money and they get nice funding for keeping you in a state knowing that if they truly empower you and tell you the truth, they would no longer be needed because you would be empowered. There would no, there'd be no need for grants and they won't be paid and all that. Why am I running? Because I'm unapologetic at calling out the BS. Our education system isn't racist. We have an education system of adults who want to blame and shame And we also have an education system of teachers who live in that mindset of believing the lie. That is why children of African descent will walk into a classroom and teachers will believe that they are performing low, why? Because you, of African community, keep walking around as if it's the truth. You don't need the permission of any political party or any special interest group to finally permit you and your child to perform excellence. And when you have a teacher who refuses to see the excellence in your child, then that's what you approach, the teacher. And that is where I come in as a trustee. When teachers choose to not want to see and grade and evaluate children properly. You go to the principal, you go to the superintendent, and you go to the trustee. I've had success in every battle because I know how to advocate. And even when something is said to be settled on a principal level, it's not settled. I just recently fought a battle with my child where a teacher decided to grade my child and I... Meaning incomplete, and not able to be great. And I'm like, are you crazy right now? What are you talking about? I'm with my child, especially in virtual. I'm in the I'm in the class. I'm there because I'm also doing virtual from home. What do you mean that you couldn't assess my child? And that teacher decided to cyber bully me. Decided to bring teachers into her email, and you should see the berating of word language she used, all because I was advocating to question why are you not able to. Assess my child, what do you mean an I? And the principal believed that the satisfactory response to say we're looking into it and I'm going to speak to teachers like no, 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 that's not satisfactory. Now many of you parents will think that that's all you can do. I know that's not all I could do. Long story short, my child was reassessed by another teacher at the same grade level and he came out with a B, B minus, B plus, and another amazing grade. Another teacher looked at the same quality of work, tested my son orally, and my son was graded, whereas another teacher put I. That also escalated to superintendent, and it also escalated to her union for her to get advice as to what she should do, which is in which is in her best interest to do. And I laid out, what is satisfactory to me? I'm not allowing people to tell me what is satisfactory. No, I'm telling them for this to have to for this to be handled satisfactory, these are my demands. Boom, boom, and boom. And she can choose one or she can choose none. I am giving her the opportunity to choose her outcome. Pick, pick one of the options that you're comfortable with. And in the best interest of all, she chose an option and it was satisfactory to me. And in my statement, I stated, this fight is not just from my child. The fact that you had the gall and the gumption and you feel that you had some kind of backing from a principal, this showed me that you've done this before. And if this is the first time doing it, you were really brave. And on top of that, you decided to cyber bully me, which is against TDSB's own policy for students. You include teachers that had nothing to do with our conversation. You CC teachers in your communication to me. Oh, sister, wrong thing you pulled. I dealt with her good and proper. And I made sure all of the teachers CCC also were notified. I don't joke. And I told them this is for the people and the families you've obviously done this to before. And you obviously have gotten away with it. And if this is your first time, it's for the next where you don't even think twice of doing this again. And I'm just doing that as a parent. Could you imagine me as a trustee? Oh, trust me, we'll be cleaning out house. So the system isn't racist. The system isn't oppressive. The system isn't X, Y, and Z. It's the individual teachers who show up toxic. And then you have unions who want to protect them. When it comes to my child's mental health and wellness and emotional mental health and wellness and the academics, listen, unions... Have not been able to be successful with me. Because you need to know the language. And especially when you have the evidence. Because teachers are just very brazen right now. Or they give you so much to work with. Like you don't even have to go out of your way to find stuff. Just they give you so much to work with. But you need to know. How to work with what they give you. A teacher that is toxic is very easy to handle. We don't need. To revamp. An entire curriculum, take out special programming entrance. Like we don't need to do all that for I'm sorry, addressing what? No. No, 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 no. It takes brave, courageous, steadfast, unapologetic, trustees and a director to face head on union members who are in the capacity of being educators that stand in front of our children day in and day out to get rid of those that are showing up toxic and reward the ones who show up every day wanting to bring out the best in all children. It takes courage to do that. And once you step in it that way, you will have the support of the parents and the guardians. You will have the support of the parents and the guardians. And the unions and your union dues are just going to have to pay for all of the waste of their resources to want to defend somebody that's going to go. So we need to bring the Toronto District School Board uh, um, curriculum back to the standard of international competitiveness and have an environment where every teacher steps into a building knowing that they bring their best to the table every day and they know they have support to enable them to be their best and give our children their best. And for those rotten apples in every bunch, they're going to know that there's a different time In this four years, the tide is turning and the tide has shifted. There is a course correction. And we guardians and we parents aren't playing anymore. So why am I running? Because I have a passion for our children to be successful no matter where they go. Have a wonderful rest of your life. There was an audacity of... A household whose children are being privately educated to say that they're concerned about the playgrounds of the public school and should we be concerned about the social yes the academic but the social they need to get along so they are voting for the candidate that's going to push more of the gender and the racism policies they told me that so i said is your children no 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 our children go to private school i said oh so your child's going to a private school. Why are you not putting your child in the public school right around your area? Why you didn't put them in Knob Hills Public School? Why are you paying taxes and you're living right across you're living in the area of Knob Hill School, but you're investing in driving out and paying tuition to a private school? And her response, well, it's really not me, it's my husband. You know, he's saying that, you know, he wants our children to have the best education possible. And when she said it, it came out of her mouth. It's like we both looked at each other. And she goes, well, 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 what I'm saying is that I really think, and I said, miss, it's okay. You vote for the candidate that's going to keep the children in your area dumb down. And you drive out and you make sure that your three boys, because they came to the door, the children at the back and they're playing. Your three boys are educated outside. Of the public system, so right here in this neighborhood, your three boys are gonna have a much better shot at a career or being the owner of a job than their peers. That's right here, and she couldn't say anything because she she caught the hypocrisy, wanting to be on the liberal bandwagon and all this time. But don't but don't we know? Isn't it important them to know how to get along and how to? Yeah, we can get along. And we can we can still do that. So why can't your children get along in the public school? Why, why is that? She couldn't answer anything, and it like her face turned so colored, <laughs> trying to convince me. International students are not coming from an environment where their bars are being lowered. Now we have a job pool. With that's exactly where our children are going into. And we have on a provincial level, municipal level, and federal level saying that we have a job shortage of qualified local citizens. So we have to bring in foreign workers to fill up the jobs right here. And many of us are just we're shaking our heads. We're like, oh, and we're not saying, hold on a minute. Again, there's something wrong with that statement when you're saying we don't have enough qualified, local, educated professionals to fill those gaps and they are born and educated here. So we need to stop this train wreck of excuses and blaming and wanting to shame people. And pull out our socks, pull up our socks Pull out all the stops for this train wreck that is going head on in a collision. And it's our children. Many adults and grandparents, that, I, that they're like, oh, I don't have children anymore. You're going to have children, your grandchildren. Your children might not be in the education system anymore. But your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, unless you're now requiring them to go to a private school. So let me get this straight. You're paying taxes, they're taxing you out of your yin yang, and you still have to pay for private schooling. So aligning yourself with a political party now makes sense, but your heart invested is not for the transformation of our children's education. It's about political positioning. Well, my children isn't a game, my children's education isn't a game, and I'm sure yours aren't either. And it shouldn't matter your political party for the education of our, our children. However, we are seeing the policies directly being implemented from political parties on a provincial level, what they're bringing down. I got an email from a resident telling me about Critical Race and is a university-taught pro, um, pro, um, course and how myself and Leslie Lewis, we are sellouts and... And we need to repent And we call ourselves Christians And all this very colorful email sent to me So it begs the difference If she's categorizing me and Leslin As sellouts hmm. Yet still you have political parties That are totally selling out our children's education Every four years you have the ability to vote And stop the train wreck And it's getting worse and worse. As our children are being dumbed down, dumbed down, dumbed down by curriculum, not sharpening their skills, not sharpening their critical thinking, not sharpening them academically, not sharpening their creative skills, not putting them in environments where they have to perform, they have to be tested, they have to be in an environment where they have to show and prove And then we throw them out into the real world where they have to show and they have to prove and they are swallowed up. Why? Because they are being surrounded by international students who are coming from a curriculum where competitive is the common thread of performance. You have to outperform yourself and you have to outperform your classmates. So being the best version of yourself can never be accomplished if we keep dumbing down children so they never reach their full personal potential because we never push them. We've never made them persevered. We've never made them get up from not succeeding in something and trying again and perfecting their art and perfecting their skills because they had to hear the word, no, you did not get accepted. No, you did not make the cut. No, not at this time. We did not encourage them to build that comeback muscle, that bounce back muscle, that, okay, what can I do the next time to improve muscle? Everybody's getting a ribbon, so nobody needs to improve their self. And then they get into the real world where they have to prove themselves or they're just the worker bee, the worker ant where they're controlled, they have no control over their life. Those on top who came from a curriculum and an environment of competitiveness are the ones that's dictating to them. We have many of our children that's ready for entrepreneurship to be business owners. If you notice that demographic was killed during the COVID lockdown, all small businesses and entrepreneurs were the target. Because they needed you and they needed us to no longer be independent of our own income. They need us to be dependent on the ones on top. So you have another four years. If your child's entering grade nine, I strongly suggest that you vote for me. Because what I have planned for our children is that every child that's entering grade nine, when they get four years from now, They're going to be standing solid on their feet for whichever path they choose entrepreneurship or going into post secondary. They're going to be competitive, they're going to step into that new world entrepreneurship or post secondary very confident, very competent, and very secure. So, why am I running? My hard invested interest has been for children, for teens, for young adults for decades over 30 years of advocating and putting myself in the shoes of the next generation go on my website and you get to know me and you see my background and somebody had to remind me of things that I've done because when I've done them I've never done them to create a portfolio or a resume and that is when you know that you just do just to do when people have to remind you of the things you've done. For example, I was just recently reminded, and it's not on my website or on my resume or anything, that I've posted my resume on my website. And it's partial because I'm just reminding me and said, weren't you a part of that special parental group that the TDSB invited to be involved in the hiring of principals and vice principals? Oh, yes, I was. I totally forgot. That for two cycles, the TDSB reached out to me and many other parents that they know had a hard invested interest because they saw us fighting and not taking no for an answer. So they've identified the parents and guardians within the Toronto District School Board that has been advocating and has been making changes, not just for their own child's environment, but for all children. So they reached out to me and invited me to be a part of this special hiring committee that is a hybrid of parents and guardians and all this attendance. I totally forgot about it until someone just reminded me a couple of weeks ago when I was on, I was invited to this community meet and greet. And it's a community meet and greet that so much of our curriculum is being catered to anti-racism and anti-this and anti-that. And in that community, I was there for two hours on a virtual meet and greet and not one question was posed to a trustee and i just sat and i just watched and i just shook my head question after question and there were predetermined questions that was already sent out one uh there were five and one out of the five was for trustees and that question wasn't even asked by the host and no participant within the q a asked any educational question yet still we are flipping curriculum upside down, saying that certain groups need equality and education and this and this and this. And no adult for that entire webinar cared to ask an education question. I got a question, I heard a question to the council and the mayor about malls being taken down and all. None of these adults, none of these advocates had a question for curriculum for their children, for the next generation that they're all saying advocating for. Nobody cared to ask a question for the trustees. Trustees show up, and all we had was our two minutes to introduce ourselves. And councillors had three minutes, mayors had four, some even went over their time in the introduction. And we had Q&A, and all of the Q&A was for councillors and mayors, none for the trustee. And the host did not take control and redirect to even ask the one predetermined question that would have opened up for the trustees to have our ability to respond. And again, that's just, it just shows you the trueness of the heart of people. And again, it's a mirror image. That's why I'm a mirror image coach. It's a mirror image Of exactly what's going on in communities We talk it, we talk it, we talk it You do everything And they do not Come to the table When there's an opportunity to ask that question They will have all of the advocacy All of the this, all of the that Sounding all of the alarms And no one really shows an interest but let's flip everything upside down. Let's throw it everything. Because we have an issue. That's what they say. And no question was posed for the trustees that are running. In this same community, where everything is being flipped upside down, stating that there's a disproportionate and we are in a crisis our educational curriculum system is being flipped upside down. We're bringing a lot of blame and shame and finger pointing and fining teachers $200. Requiring teachers to do all these, tra- all of this stuff, and nobody asks a question, an educational question. And I just shook my head and said, wow, you have trustees here present and not one person asks, a question about ed- about education. So you don't care about education. You care about the malls coming down. You care about this. You care about um, how can the community and the uh, the LGBTQ come together. I got all. I'm, I'm hearing all those questions that was thrown to the trustee, uh, counselors, and mayors. LGBTQ questions. A mall breaking down. Um, housing. All adult questions, but nobody cared to ask a question about the education of, their next, of the next generation. Yet still, we're flipping the curriculum upside down. Predominantly for this community that is saying that there's an attack on them, on their children. And no one cared to ask any question. And the host did not ask the predetermined question that was about education, Nothing. So basically we showed up for two and a half hours and we just had two minutes. That's exactly what happens in the school system. <laughs> Your child is there from 8.30 to 3.30 and they get what? Five minutes of ability to actually voice or have the ability to Speak. And allow their genius to actually be exercised. And being around peers where they say iron sharpened iron. It's a top down, talk, 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 talk about everything else, social. Because this, this, that meeting to me was a clear snapshot. Education was not even, and that's exact, was not even mentioned or cared upon. And that's exactly what happens in our school. We're not caring about the education of our children. We're caring about all these other social issues and topics. And not one iota of content, of quality content about academics. Four-year waste of your child's time within those walls called academia in the public system. They're being bombarded with things that has nothing to do with education. And the only time education gets a chance to even have a say is two minutes. And that is why your children are failing. Other countries are spending a lot of their content time on academic performance and getting them ready for the real performance in the marketplace. We over here are being more concerned about the social issues that are all hypocritical when you get down to the meat and potatoes of it. It's all about revenge. What's happening in your school system, ladies and gentlemen? It's about revenge. It's not about restoration. It's not about reconciliation. It's not about repair. It's not about repairing relationships. Reconciling relationship. We all. Admit and see that. We know revenge. An energy of revenge. Of get back. Is a ticking time bomb. So. Why am I running? I'm the only trustee. In Ward 17. For Scarborough Center. That is unapologetic. Going to call stuff out. I'm the only one. When you go on my website, I have detailed, itemized points as to what I'm going to do. And those who know me, know me to be a woman of my word. So I'm coming in to assist all parents and guardians who want a course correction in this madhouse that's happening called public education. And bring some sanity and some trust back in the position of a trustee. So vote for me on Election Day. Oprah Hope Day. Ward 17, Scarborough Centre, Toronto District School Board. Visit my site, opahopeday.ca, and get to know me. And get to see my qualifications. As I said, I am being reminded of the things that I have done. So I know, even when I did that resume, and we all know when we do resumes, we kind of cater it to the position because many want to look of all, look of all the things I've done. I try to give you a great overview of my length and breadth of being here in Canada when I came after age 12. Very grateful for this country. And it hurts me. That I see many who have immigrated here allowing this country to turn into places and spaces we've left. The Canadian identity of being nice is being used against Canadians. And it's time that Canadians push back and say, yes, we are nice and we have a line and when the enemy the hypocrisy of the enemy want to point a finger and say i thought you were nice why are you doing this i am that it is as a result of being nice why i am doing this my niceness has me already thinking of the generations to come and if i don't push back now you are going to take away the whole fabric Of being nice We are vicious We are blaming and shaming We are doing some things That is not Part of being quote unquote Nice Nice Forgives Nice acknowledges Nice says yes this happened And we are going to work To repair it Lies Shame, lies, blame, not nice. So, if you are truly Canadian, be proud of being nice and start to show what nice looks like. This is Oprah Hope Day. Please vote for me. Get to know me. Share this video like you've never shared anything in your life. Even if, you, Even if you're in Scarborough, Guildwood, and you've heard I mean this, this video, sense. share it, because you never know who is in Scarborough Vote Center. In October 20- I don't care if you're in Alberta, and you hear this. You must know someone in Toronto. For the past two years, we've all been crossing paths and connecting. Share it to the person in Toronto and say, I don't know if you're in Scarborough Asian Court, but find people in Scarborough Asian Court. Or- I don't know if you know someone in Scarborough Guildwood, but find someone in Scarborough Guildwood and said, I don't know if you know someone in Scarborough Center, but Scarborough knows Scarborough. I'm signing off. And I hope, as my middle name is, I hope that I get to be the trustee standing on guard for guardians and parents and bringing back sanity, integrity, accountability, transparency and trust in the role of a trustee we have to start owning where we go wrong and stop wanting to blame have a wonderful rest of your day bye-bye go on my website opahopeday.ca click on support you will see a video that was done by guardians and parents we are not being politically backed. We're not being special interest groups backed. These groups are conditioning many you are, many of you adults in this group mindset. And the group mindset that we're supposed to be is Canadian, not a color-corded Canadian, a Canadian with our core values core values respect and dignity respect the parental boundaries show dignity to culture show respect and dignity to a family's belief system families are sending their children to school not for you to overstep your boundaries They're sending them there for math, English, science, history, geography, knowing how to be ready for the marketplace. And now schools, our Toronto District School Boards, are now centers of indoctrination, not getting our children ready to be competitive, competent, in the marketplace. Many are being politically backed by their writing association, for political parties, many are being backed by special interest groups. This is why our education system has so much political energy behind it. Our children are being fed and fed and fed political thinking and mindset. They're not being fed curriculum that is going to get them into being an entrepreneur, a successful businesswoman, successful businessman, or if they want to have a career, and not be the owner of a business. They're not competitive. Why are international students coming over into Ontario, into Toronto post-secondary schools, and they're outperforming our own children who are born, raised, and educated here? Our students are getting rejection letters. Sorry, you did not make it. Our children who are being educated here are getting rejection letters to post-secondary schools while international students are getting accepted. There's something wrong with that. Yes, international students should be accepted in our post-secondary schools here that are being taught by our local teachers who are living and being a part of our neighborhoods and environments and country. Unless you're telling me that international students that are coming to post-secondary schools here in Toronto or in Canada, period, are, are they being taught by international teachers that are coming in too? Are their teachers coming with them? Or are they coming and being taught by Canadian professors, Instructors and teachers. So how are our children who are being educated here getting rejection letters to their post-secondary schools that are also here having an academic standard here, a Canadian academic standard, Ontario academic standard, how are our ontario canadian toronto scarborough center children receiving denial letters and international students who are coming in are getting acceptance letter what is going on with the level of curriculum delivery and academic standards where our children are being denied going to our schools it's not like our children are applying To international schools abroad where that that country has a different standard. No. Our children are being denied and getting rejection letter to their Canadian, Ontario, post-secondary schools. And they were born and educated right here. There is something wrong with that. All children... I'm a strong believer, all children who were educated in Toronto District School Board from JK to grade nine, then from grade nine to grade 12, should be getting into any program that they desire to get into. And it shouldn't be because they're Canadian It should be because they have shown their ability to perform at the level of the acceptance for that program because they're being educated here. Plain and simple. No other, oh, because they're Canadian, they should get in. No, it's as a result of being Canadian and being educated in the Canadian system. University of Toronto, every Toronto public school child should be accepted in University of Toronto. Not because their residence is Toronto, it's because they should be able to confidently, competently, and competitively show that they reach and they have achieved that standard of of acceptance. Why? They were educated in a Toronto school board to go to a University of Toronto. And that's just one of the many universities, but I am using that because of the name. University of Windsor, every child who go to a public school system in Windsor, Ontario, and apply to University of Windsor, or any Windsor-based post-secondary school should be accepted. Same as any Toronto based post secondary school, every Toronto educated child, public school child, private school I'm not speaking about, public school educated child should achieve the required program acceptance for Toronto based post secondary. School, it's simple. And if a child is denied, the question is, who dropped the ball from grade twelve, grade eleven, grade nine, grade ten, grade ten, grade nine, grade eight, seven, all the way back? Do not get the scapegoat. Oh, it's the no. You have the child, as I said, from eight eight thirty. To 3:34. And given traveling time, that child is up at 7, 7:30. For some of them, 6:30 if they have to bus in for French immersion because they're out of area. So there's are no there's no instruction at home educational-wise from 6:30 to like 4-5 by the time they get back home after leaving. And then extracurricular activities that they should be allowed to have it to go out and play, get some fresh air, you want to socialize outside of lunch and, and and recess, this is the time for them to sharpen their social skills, get outside. For those that are able to give their children some extracurricular activities, that's when they go out and they sharpen their social skills and they meet other people. And for those who are financially challenged, this is where the Toronto District School Board needs to put all of this money that they're getting to divide and shame and blame, why don't you put it in some extracurricular activities and you pay instructors to come in? The same way you're paying these, these teachers to learn all this critical risk theory, anti-racism, all this extra money you're putting in for that, putting in um, uh, enforcers in schools and all of the money that we're putting for all that, why some, you put that in some after-school programs for children that can't afford it. So after school, they get snacks. And then you give them a program at school that's sharpening the social skills. The City of Toronto Parks and Recreation come together with the Toronto District School Board and start putting some programming in the community centers or in the school gyms and stuff after hours. There's a lot of collaboration we can do. If we have adults who are really getting the taxpayer paycheck, for being hired in positions that say you are there for the best interests of children, their mental, emotional, physical, and recreational development. City of Toronto, Toronto District School Board, We all they say how much of our taxes is going into paying for staff, How much of our taxes is going paying for staff and how much is really going to the delivery of curriculum or programming? How much of our tax dollars is really going for programming and how much is going for paying for city workers? And are those jobs that are being funded by taxpayers' money, what are their results? If there's no results for all these jobs then this is where we downsize. We don't cut the budget for a curriculum. We cut the budget for all these city jobs and city workers that come in and they feel once they get it, they got a job for life and they deliver half of what is being required. I've worked in the city of Toronto Parks and Recreation for enough Length of time to know there's many collecting a nice secure paycheck and benefits, and trust and believe they're not showing up to work, giving their hundred and ten percent or even a hundred. There's a sense of entitlement. You talk about a generation of children and teens feeling entitled. You'll be surprised how many adults wants to get into quote-unquote government jobs. That sense of entitlement and not needing to work and show and making the taxpayer dollar reflect a a hard and in heart invested interest in their delivery. You'll be surprised how many adults, and I know many of you are not surprised at me saying that, So yeah, we need to revisit our line items for how much we're paying for staffing and the positions that are being paid for. What is the return on our taxpayer investment? You have, a, listen, there's many. I've, <laughs> there's many in positions in the City of Toronto Parks and Recreation and many in position at Toronto District School Board. Where I know they're concerned with my talking because they're seeing their job. They don't give a rats behind about what they're setting up for the next generation. As long as their paycheck is coming, and don't touch my paycheck. Although when I show up for work, if you really do a performance, a job performance, and what am I doing, that's actually results-based, that's going to affect a positive, vibrant outcome for the children? Does it match up? Are there some places in space that's duplicating and it's like they're there, but what is the benefit? How is your position benefiting the outcome of of maximizing our children's potential? So you're getting a steady paycheck and you're getting great. And is your steady paycheck going to duplicate two pe- two steady paychecks for, the, for two children? Is your paycheck, your steady paycheck and the job description you hold, is your job description going to do a return on investment where it's going to create at least two permanent paycheck jobs for our next generation? Or is it a one-to-one? One steady paycheck is is just replacing one. There are some data that might be shocking where two solid paychecks, two adult solid paychecks, the return on investment is one child solid paycheck in the next generation. This is how we need to really analyze what we're putting in and what we are getting out as taxpayers what we're putting in and what are our children getting out? What is the next generation getting out? What's the return on the investment of taxing our, us? What is the return on investment? For every adult city worker and Toronto district school worker paycheck, what is the return on investment for the next generation? For their paycheck and their stability. And them getting a pension. And them being able to get a house. And them being able to drive into a community. And how is that? Is it just a one-to-one? Because then even in any business model, that's a loss. You're breaking even? Really, that's it? For how many years have we broken even where one paycheck in adult world means one paycheck in the next generation? Most small businesses, five years before you start to see profit, right? Might be seven years before you see profit. But how long has the Toronto District School Board been around? How long has Parks and Recreation been around? How long has certain job positions in the adult world been around? By now, we should not be breaking even where one adult paycheck equals one next-generation paycheck. That means you have a business model that's just breaking even. There's no success. And God forbid, if it's two of you that's giving one child a paycheck later, then we're in a deficit. So we need to change the model, needs to change the priority of our funding, where every adult that's getting a nice, steady, comfortable paycheck that doesn't make you have to worry about your job, that that return on in investment is at least minimum creating two children's ability to provide for their family a steady paycheck, pension, and no worries that they can provide. Two minimum, we should be getting for every one adult that our taxpayer's money is going into. So we need to look at the return on investment in a different way. Because right now, all adults are doing is just eating up and fattening up themselves at the expense of our children's futures. They're good. Their belly, their throth is good. And there's a depletion for the next generation. No, that's gluttony and that's greed. Selfishness has no place. If you vote for me as your trustee for Ward 17 Scarborough Center opahopeday.ca I truly hope that I get your vote. Shame and blame have never been qualities that fosters empowerment or fosters inspiration. Our public school system should not be a place for indoctrination of political views and special interests groups agendas. This is why I'm committed to the nine following points. Visit Oprah Hope Day for all of my platform commitments. Number one, removing all curriculum materials that directly or indirectly contain the blame and shame of critical race theories or any theory that puts and pits our children against each other. Our identity should not be color, creed, or sexual identities. Our identity should always be human. Our unifying identity is human. That is what should be promoted at our public school level. And for that matter, all levels. Number two, addressing head on teachers that blame any student's academic performance on ancestry, ethnicity, race, or gender. As a mother of four, two who are in post-secondary and two who are still in elementary, I had to fight to keep my standards seen to my children as valuable. I had teachers who were making my children believe that my standard of performance was too much. I was pushing too much babying them, sabotaging what I was doing at home. They were not partnering with what our expectations, knowing what our children are capable of. They were not partnering. They were sabotaging all our efforts and then attacking me for daring to ask teachers to make sense of what, you just sent home. Make sense of how are you grading my child as incomplete or insufficient time. You've had my child in your class from beginning. What do you mean? And I've had teachers who then decided to cyber bully me and name call me because I dare to say my child should be evaluated. My child should not be in your class for all this time and you're giving my child an I. And then the principal supporting that, I've had to remind teachers and principals that I am not one of those parents or guardians that do not know my rights and do not know my child's rights. This is one of the reasons of many why I'm running for trustee because I know the Toronto District School Board system. I know exactly how to get results, and that is why I have gotten results for all my children. There has not been a TDSB fight that I've lost. And when I've won, I've not won it for me. I've won it for every child. And that is why when my name is called, many are aware that I don't fight just for me. I fight for all that were there before and those to come after. So when I clean house, I clean house. And this is why I am running for trustee because the house on a riding level has to be cleaned. And when we clean one house, all the other houses are going to be desired to be cleaned as well. So So it is either trustees ship up or parents and guardian ship them out. Number three. honoring the rights of guardians and parents by acknowledging them to be the first educators responsi- responsible for providing guidance, instruction, and support to their children under all circumstances honoring the rights of guardians and parents by acknowledging them to be the first educators responsible for providing guidance and instruction and support to their children under all circumstances. We are seeing teachers and school boards overstep their boundaries. These are our children that we allow you to have for from 8 to 3.30. You are partnering with us to educate our children. And we are seeing too much as if our children are not ours. And it is time that there is a trustee that walks into the Toronto District School Board sits down and remind all the other trustees, and if the reminder needs to go to the top, to the director, to remind the director that parents and guardians are the first educators responsible for providing guidance, instruction, and support to their children. Boundaries have been crossed and it's time that someone reminds the board and the politician and the special interest groups that our children are our children they're not yours to mold into what you want them to become. And for guardians and parents who have just rolled over and threw your hands up and actually believe that you are not equipped, competent enough to educate your child, it is time that you are reminded to whom much is given, much is required your children were given to you number 4 establishing clear boundaries and guideline guidelines from consultation with guardians and parents regarding instruction on controversial topics such as sexuality racism gender ideology contraceptives sexism child trafficking child abuse abortion and abstinence yes abstinence that is a topic that seems to have disappeared and it is the one 100 percent topic that can prevent so many other things however it is a topic that has been laughed at and shunned and convinced parents and guardians why bother You know it's not going to happen. Well, what you speak on more is what you give life to. And what you call impossible will become impossible. When you have convinced parents and guardians that it's impossible to have a child go go through high school or even university and just focus on academics... When we have a culture and environment that says it's impossible for a child to go through school without being sexually bombarded, then yes, you do make it impossible because you've bought into it. And it's a concept that I have had to stand very firm on for my children. And the fight has been real. No thanks to other adults who have said that my conversation of abstinence is archaic, even obsolete. When we're having conversation of sexuality, abstinence should be also part of the conversation and given as much passion in the delivery of the topic. And presented in a way, just like how sexuality is presented as you know you have to, abstinence can also be presented as you know you have to if you want to avoid this 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 and this that's what you're going to have to do as soon as you no longer choose to do that then you are opening yourselves up to all and everything else so clear boundaries and guidelines where is the math where is the english and where are all the other core subjects Where time and intensity and passion should be placed so that our children are equipped in being entrepreneurs, in being business minded, in being financially literate, knowing how to make money work for them and not them working for money. Where is the passion on those topics? Is it because our teachers are not qualified on those topics? I remember hearing in the halls of higher learning, it's very funny where you have business teachers or teachers that are teaching business that have never run a business in their life. They have no idea how to even run a business, yet still they're teaching business. There's many things as a trustee that I would be definitely definitely changing. Am I going to get pushback from unions for those teachers that who are who are believing that their job is a right and not see it as a privilege for them to get better at, not wanting to be better in their craft? and saying, I don't need to upgrade, I don't need to stay informed, I don't need to make sure that I walk in the classroom at the best of my ability. All Toronto District School Board teachers should also be tested the same way we do our EQAOs. This should be tested on a first-year post-secondary school level on the topics that they're teaching, because guess what? They're preparing our children for post-secondary or you're not. So every teacher should be tested to know if they are at post-secondary school level first year. Keep your skills sharpened because in the real world, that is what we all have to do. We all have to evolve. We all have to change at the workplace. We all have to upgrade. We all have to do HR training and we all have to stay ahead of the curve. So why are our teachers outdated? Why are their concepts outdated? Why is it that the union is pushing for teachers to get in and just sit and not? And for many teachers, I know I've crossed your paths. There are amazing ones. And you have those that have no business being there anymore. Actually, you have some that has no business being there in the first place. And I've crossed paths with many of them and they felt my presence as we crossed paths. I take education very, very seriously, and it could be just from my background, my training, my grooming, my nurturing. I take education very seriously, and I know a good teacher when I walk past them. I know a good teacher from the first... I can tell a good teacher. I know when any of my children are with a great teacher. And the opposite is true. Parents and guardians need to know their rights. I am so happy that I know every year I get the right to go through my children's Ontario student car- Student records, the OSR. Make sure that nobody's putting things in there that shouldn't be in there and everything that is in there is what I'm, I am aware of that's in there. Many parents and guardians should know they have a right to challenge things that's on the report card, especially the wordings. Certain wordings are very triggering, triggering and says things about your child. Parents have to, and parents have to become involved. It is not okay to just send your child off and wash your hands off and then blame, blame, blame. When you have a parent and guardian that is very present and teachers know that, they might try, but they don't succeed. And they know right away if your child is from a home that is, that's present and is aware. And you nip things in the bud. You push back on teachers that have passed their boundaries. And you do not let go the fight. When it has come to your attention, there's a teacher that has crossed the line. You do not let it go. And I am here, from my experience, in winning every TDSB battle. On a trustee level, I am here to put the trust back in being a trustee for parents and guardians. Number five, reinstating specialty programs and their admissions process. I am a I am a product of Wexford School for the Arts. Oh my gosh. Without that experience, foundational, having the ability to express yourself and seeing your seeing, seeing the process from thought. To now, paper to now on the Judy doll. Well, before that, to sketching it, then actually putting it, the garments together, and then putting it on uh, the, the doll, then actually making that reel and putting it on a model, and then seeing it walk down the runway. The process of from thoughts to execution is a skill that every child should be exposed to. And it's not just in the arts. Music, science. We have lost being the nation of producing. We are now consuming. There's imagination and thought and ingenuity. Our children are just consuming. Consuming. Consuming, consuming. And we know children are born with one amazing God-given gift. And that's imagination. And that's being killed. The reinstating of specialty programs and their admission process exposes children to the real world of showing and proving. Perseverance and grit. Determination going after something that you know you're passionate about and focusing on the end result. And on my website, opahopeday.ca, on the tab Meet Opa Hope, I've given solutions on how we can address the problem that's being stated and keeping what is. We do not have to have an either or. It's either it's this or we get rid of it. It is what it is. It's amazing the way it is. And there are children that are being stated that don't have the same advantage. And we have to be honest. And I'm unapologetic. What is the? Re- is it really what we talk about? Household income. Is it really that? I've had many who called me names. Because I use use my resources, every penny, on my children. And as a result of that, I was called names within my own community. As a result of them believing that excellence apparently isn't us. You want your child to be excellent. Well, you're not black. You are whitewash. You are Uncle Tom. You are Jim Crow. As a result of wanting excellence from my children. So our problem isn't financial. Our problem isn't equitableness. Our problem is an internal cultural problem. That we have to face and look in the mirror. And stop blaming. And pointing finger outside when three is pointing right back at you. So our issue isn't an equitable financial home issue. It's the issue of our values and what we see as the identity of being the color black. What is that identity? And for those that don't fit that identity, we are ostracized, we're shunned, we're sabotaged within our own communities. So let's call the spade for what it is. Let's call Jack Jack, and let's call foul on an act that is a foul. It is a foul to cancel the specialty program and blame it on financial reasons on making it equitable. Because there are many parents who have the ability to give their children more And they choose to eat it for themselves. They choose to live life for themselves. Many parents will choose to want to spite another, especially if it's a home and a family issue, to spite and not assist the children. And they would want to eat the money for themselves and live the money for themselves forgetting that children did not ask to be here. Many have children just for their own purpose of feeling like they're a man or feeling that they're a woman and they are not doing the requirement of what it is to be a father or a mother. It's just to say that they are. And that's the honest truth that many want to run away from. So their children are the ones suffering because their children are not given the ability to be their best version because there's a mother or a father who is selfish. And that's the reality. That's the reality. Many do not want to get out of their comfort. They might not want to get on the TTC bus. You would give them a voucher. You would give them grants. You would give them the ability to go to a private school, a boarding school. You would give them the ability to have a tutor. You would give them all that, but it requires the parents to travel or to get on a bus or to, and they'd be like, nah, me can't do that. I don't want to do that. My show is on. When Wednesday night? No, I can't. I can't do that on Wednesday night because my show is on. I can't miss money is being designated to implement a social engineering problem. So reducing funds and spending in one area that is essential, but for some reason, money and funds is being miraculously created for all of these special interest groups and racism, this and racism. No, I'm just, but we don't have money for the new boiler system. We don't have money to make sure that all TDSB schools are accessible to all students with any disability. We don't have funding to make sure that the roofs on our TDSB schools are functioning properly. We don't have, but we could find resources to find teachers $200 if we deem them racist, have equity officers to have teachers do all these trainings. We can find money for all that, but we can't find money to support the special education department that is so understaffed and that goes to my seventh point. I'm going to be fighting passionately for French immersion, special education, early learning programs that are desperately in need for more resources and support. That for some reason, TDSB every says every time they can't find it in the budget, but money just pops up for social, engineering, political, pushed programs. We find money for those. Hmm. Number eight, addressing the issues of our children's physical learning environment as it pertains to the maintenance of our schools. As I said, leak roofs, boiler issues, making our schools accessible, those are issues that 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 affects our children's learning. How you feel as a child walking into a building where you can't even access without it without the 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 arrows being pointed at you that you're different. Why what we how is that making a child feel welcome and feeling a part of the school when they can't even access the school? We we we're not able to make sure that schools are accessible whoever needs an elevator put an elevator in listen we you got you guys are making this seem like it's something so difficult yet 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 all hands on deck and everybody's on the same accord when we want to put in these social engineering racism gender issues curriculum we, we come together on that, don't? All TDSB and everybody, everybody on, on the provincial level, we pass a bill, funding, everything is just, poops, just magically appears for those things. But making sure that every child can access a school. I thought we want to make sure the school is welcoming for everyone. Really. The roof is leaking. The smell. Wintertime, the place is cold because you have broil issues. But you're you're but you're thinking, no, I'm you're thinking that we're gonna put all of these new money. Apparently we have new money and new resources for these social, special interests, racism topics. But the roof is leaking. The classrooms are cold. Children cannot access the schools to who have disabilities. Fundamental issues that, that directly impacts the environment of all students, the morale of going into a school. That's all that's just jacked up and right across the street, not even 10, 15 minutes down another school that's just like, really? That's so amazing. How do you think those children feel in that community where this is their school and that is somebody else's school? All Toronto district school boards should be equal. We're all, we're all in this together, are we? We're only all in this together when we want to push agendas, when we want to impose and cross our boundaries. Yet still, we're not all in this together to make sure that every TDSB school... It's like a McDonald's. You know when you go to McDonald's? The fries are always on one side. And this, you, the burger is the same no matter which franchise you go. The fries are the same. Everything is the same. Burger King, every one of them. A&W, all of them. Guess what? Every Toronto District school board, when you walk in, should have the same level of excellence in the building structure, the modernization, the air quality, the school resources, the teacher support, the parking lots, the playground, every Toronto District School Board, as soon as you pass, you pass a Toronto District School Board and every school board should be, every school in our school board should be top notch. We should not, Parents should not feel like they have to move and skip over boundaries to get a better school. It's called a TDSB. It's not called Coxwell, TDSB. It's not called Bayview, TDSB. It's not called Bathurst, TDSB. It's not just called Scarborough in the back, TDSB. It's called TDSB, the Toronto district school board. We have to bring a culture of family. We have to bring a culture of pride. Every trustee is proud of the school board, not just their ward. Every child shall feel proud when asked. What school do you go to? Oh, I go to a Toronto District School Board school. Toronto District School Board should have an energy, an environment of we are one. When you go on my site, opahopeday.ca, there is a page titled Meet Opa Hope. And I talked about teachers doing an exchange program for the year. But for those that don't want to go international so you get a broader sense of how others are being educated at a busing our butts on academic standards, seeing how, what are they doing over there that we're doing different. You know, we don't even have to go that far. Just within the school board itself, the rankings, you just go with the top schools in the Toronto District School Board the schools that are ranking high, just do a teacher exchange. Because I would like to know how is that TDSB school ranking so high? And this TDSB school, and you know what they'll lie and say, and I'd say it's a lie and say, they would lie and say, Oh, it's because of the parents and the financial system and the education level of that area. And no, lie. Let me tell you why. Parents move. <laughs> guardians who are from Scarborough born and raised and went to school and bust their butt to get a higher level. Then they get up and they leave. So technically, if you really do the reverse engineering of all of this, the, the, the education level and the income bracket of parents and guardians, if you do reverse engineer as to where they actually came from, you have a better story. You have a different story. So when they say it's as a result of the education system, or the, sorry, the education level of the parents, no, I'm sorry, my child's in your school from eight to three thirty. Don't blame this on the education level of the parents. Don't blame it on English being the second, third, or fourth language of the parent. Don't blame this on the financial um, uh, uh, um, brackets, the statistical bracket of the financial re- of the of the finances or the home. Household income of that area. Don't blame it on that. What does that have to do? The child is in your care, Toronto District School Board, from 8:30 till 3:30. And technically they leave home, some of them, 7:30, 7 o'clock. Depending if they're French immersion, they're out of the house. They're getting up at 6:30. So don't blame the outcome of children that you have in your care. on statistics of the family's level of income, the family's level of education, you've had them from 8 to 3.30. SK, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, grade five, grade six, grade seven, grade eight, grade nine. 10 years. You've had these children from 8 to three thirty, five days out of a seven-day week. The devil is a liar. It has nothing to do with the education level of the parent when the child gets home, the financial level of the parents when they get home, because they're in our care. And this is why I take this personally. I take everything personally. When you see I put my name to something, it's personal. Scarborough Center parents vote me in. This is not a oh, it's a I said it's a job description. I take this thing passion. Everybody that knows me, when I put my name and I put my, when that is my portfolio, it is, it's personal. It's personal. Children that are in my ward and they're in my care from eight to three 30. Nobody is going to be able to be blaming parents. The child is with you from 8 to 8, from 8.30 to 3.30. And I say, my children who are in post-secondary isn't there because of public school system. I had to pull them out and homeschool them for many years. And that's where now the director, but back then was Superintendent Colleen Russell. And at that time, now it's MP Sean Chen, but back then it was Trustee Sean Chen. I've crossed paths with many. Some were principals, now they're superintendents. Some who was vice principals, now they're principals. Some who were teachers, now I've, I've crossed paths with many and they know when my name and when I, when I step into a room on behalf of someone or, or a role, I take it personal. There's a level of performance that comes with whatever I do. If my children could make it, everybody's child could make it. And trust me, I fought. I have fought. And as I said, I have not won a battle. Because you see, when I fight, I just don't fight to fight, to say I'm fighting. I fight right. I know my fight is right. Because I give people opportunities to do course corrections. And when I see that there's arrogance and pride, then I'm like, okay, we have a problem. You have no business being in the presence of children, when you're prideful in your wrongness. So you're too comfortable in your wrongness. So we have a problem, not for my child, cause I'm going to fix it for my child. That's, that's, that's not even a, that's not even a question. Trust me, my child is going to get the justice and my family is going to get the justice. The report card is going to get the justice and the level of education and the way you deliver it to my child is going to get justice. However, it's a bigger issue for me because I remember myself having to be my own advocate. And I'm wondering how many other adults allow this person to still be here as a teacher. So I take it personal. I step into the skin and into the footsteps of that child. Everybody's child that's sitting in the classroom with that teacher. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Because you know what you're doing? Many of you who think you're here just for tenure, you know what you're doing? You're participating in society having the next narcissist, in society having the next abuser, in society having the best person that feels they're entitled, in society having the next person who's good at manipulating, in society has another person that feels like they just have to smile and the whole world just falls at their table. You are also perpetuating the next child believing that life is always going to be hard as the way you show up. You are perpetuating a child believing that no matter what they do, it's never good enough because you don't see them for who they are. You see them for who you and your bias have decided that they are. You're perpetuating and you're encouraging the next. Every teacher in my ward is going to have personal development like they've never experienced it before. When you step into a classroom in Scarborough Center as a teacher, know that it is not a role that you are walking into as if it's like, okay, I don't care what happens because I'm passing on that child to another teacher. You are making sure that you are passing on another amazing human being to another teacher. Those children, and you're going to get the support that you need, because there's, there are amazing teachers out there past them, and there are some, as I say, have no business being there. And you and I, those who fall into that category, we're going to have, we're going to have some issues, and it's not, not new that, it's not new that I'm not, I'm not used to. As I said, I've fought many battles, many within the Toronto District School Board for my children. many. French immersion battles, public school, just regular battles. i fought many. And I've not lost one. And one in particular is when I made sure that an entire school had to be re-educated. It's not a crowning achievement where a principal had to take early retirement, that's their way of giving her a nice option. It's not a crowning achievement that office administration had to be relocated, even after my children left, because I told them this is not about me, this is about every child that's going to be there after. Because when I fight, I fight for all, because I know the impact of a teacher. I know the impact of a teacher and many teachers lost that. They might have went into teachers college with that, but somewhere along the line, they've lost it. Yes, many want to blame parents. If every teacher see every parent as someone that loves their child and they are wanting the best instead of seeing them as annoying. And you have all these negative reasons why a parent is asking questions or wanting some kind of assistance or wanting you to make sense of something or advocating for the child. You come after them. Those are the teachers that's going to have a problem with me. The teachers that see every child as a human being, for them the teacher to show up their best version for, to raise the bar at the expectation that the household has for their child. Let me me rephrase that. When teachers raise the bar and support the bar that the child is coming from in their household, if there's a household that is set at a high standard, you should not be sabotaging that. And if you see the child is coming from an environment that has no bar, you set the bar for that child. You see that child as great. You see that child as being the next amazing miracle for this world. This is why we need support for special education. That is why the early learning programs are so crucial for those children that we've identified that need extra attention so that they can be the best version of themselves. Let me tell you, we can make the Toronto District School Board a school board that school boards around the world and even Ontario look at and say, wow. Wow. I remember when the TDSB was XYZ. I remember when. It will only come and it can only be, it could only come and it only be when the adults start putting the best interests of all children first. And you, union, get out of the way of protecting those that have no business being in the position of teaching. You, unions, step out of the way of protecting those that are actually fostering toxic human beings into our world. The teachers' union, you pay your union dues and you have your ability to vote this and vote that. It's time that the teachers really become the champions for children. And in the meantime, while you guys figure yourselves out, I'm going to be the champion for the parents and guardians of Scarborough Center. And last but not least, my ninth point, increasing resources and collaboration to provide result-based mental and emotional health support for all TDSB's children. So increasing the resources and collaboration to provide result-based mental and emotional health support for all TDSB children. I am so dedicating. I am so dedicated to improving and enhancing our children's academic environment And once the environment is excellent, safe, truly welcoming, truly engaging, and children walk into buildings and they see adults every morning ready to be their best version, you would see how those children outperform. You would see how those children outperform. And I'm going to end with this. Parents, guardians, I know your heart. I know every one of you, regardless of your financial income, you desire the best for your child. Your heart smiles. When you see your child doing well, you you are bragging and you're, you're just like, it gives you such pride when you see your child performing at their best level. And when you can have a supporting team in schools that is not there to baby your children, it's there to make them know that they can truly be their best. And that would include failing. And they learn how to get back up. They learn when you when you mark a test, teachers. Just don't X and they say they're wrong. Explain. Let the child know where they went wrong. And if a child comes to you and challenges you, Miss, sir, why did I get that wrong? Or explain this to me. Or somebody else had it right. And don't take offense that they're challenging you. Get off your high horse. This child is learning to advocate for themselves and wanting something to make sense. They want to know where they went wrong. And if you see you made an error, where is your humility in being the change? You want children to grow up to be children, to own and be responsible, yet still they see you every day running away from just saying you're wrong. Being afraid to admit that you're wrong. Somehow being challenged with your ego with a grade 8, a grade 7. How fragile is your sense of worth when you feel challenged? This is what I'm saying. Mentorship. And professional development is required for our teachers. Too many teachers I have come across, their ego is very fragile. And they take a pushback or a disagreement with a mark or a questioning of a mark or challenging of something as an attack on them. No, it's a parent advocating for their child. Get off your high horse and make it make sense. Don't make it make sense in this arrogant way. See where the parent or guardian is coming from and in your humility and in your humble way because you're wanting to make sure, again, if you are a teacher that wanting to make sure that your child is performing their best and there is a possibility that you misunderstood the question or what you thought was wrong when you heard the explanation, like, oh, okay, okay. But so many of you want to just have this red pen ink, this red ink mentality, final. We are going to book heads if you're that type of educator because our children do not deserve that. Our children deserve educators that are nurturing. If you see every child as yours, If you're driving into a community, as we call it, you know, parachuting in. But if you're driving into a community and you see every child as yours, regardless of the community, and you see every child as not responsible for where they are, no child, including you when you were a child, chose your parents or chose where your parents were living when they conceived you. And you would hope that when you walk into a classroom, because that is where your area code says that you have to be at, that the adult that is standing at that door welcoming you is not judging you based on your postal code. That that adult sees you and sees that you can be great. Teaching is a very yes-demanding job. And it is one of the most honorable careers, paths, that anyone should step into only if your desire is to bring out the best out of every child that crossed your path and you advocate for them even when they can't advocate for themselves. Meaning, when they're seeing themselves low, when they see that it's impossible, when they think they can't do it, when they think they're too dumb or they're not smart enough, you advocate for them and let them remember that you were one of the teachers that made them believe in themselves or made them accomplish something that they thought they couldn't get. So have I crossed paths with many amazing educators in my life? Yes so much and that is why I know it's possible because they're not an anomaly I know it's possible for every teacher to be amazing it's possible and for those that are just stuck in wanting to be a different version of a, pe- of a teacher then you and I are going to have a very colorful four years together So I'm signing off, Opa Hope Day. I am the change that you are wanting to see. Have a good night.